Hi, this is Maddie. <laughs> just wanted to see what you think. <laughs> <that. laughs> like, oh no. Maddie just stared at me with a blank look on her face like she's gone crazy. I know. This is actually Emily. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> this is Maddie. <laughs> really just threw us all off from the beginning. <laughs> this is though, this is spilled mead. Or maybe it's mead the spill. Who knows? It's opposite day. Friends. Spill the mead. What are we doing? What's happening? <laughs> Bitch the pot. The tea is hot. Yeah, it is. And it's the favorite pot. It's, it's the favorite pot. favorite. It's yeah. a nice pot of tutor. Yeah. <laughs> pot of tutor. <laughs> tutor tea. Tutor tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Spill the Mead, a history gossip podcast. And today you read it. We're going to talk about the childhood of Henry VIII. Woohoo! Like the very early childhood, like that <sighs> you don't really hear about that I often. I love it. A lot of, a lot of sifting um, to find the info because you know when you're, when you're the spare and not the heir, your childhood goes a little, a little undocumented. Oh but, yeah. Oh, it's true. But we got it. So in this episode, um, it's going to be two parts and it is coming out. The first part is coming out on his birthday. Perfect. So June 28th, happy cancer season. Happy Henry VIII's birthday. Yay. Um, a universally hated king. Uh, um, <clears throat> but you know, I'm not here to make you like Henry VIII. Um, definitely not here to justify any anything. He killed, he executed the most people of any English monarch. Um, yeah, some people happened. Yeah, people <laughs> have estimated like seventy five thousand people, which is a massive number. Historians like agree that that might be exaggerated, okay. but I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, and I'm um, not all of them deserved it. For yeah, sure. those five people, including Anne Boleyn, that all went down. Yeah, with her, no. like they were. Absolutely innocent people. But people are complex. People are complicated. And so this is, I I think that people think that like Henry VIII was this maniacal, tyrannical, killed people because he just thought it was fun and didn't care and blah, blah, like, and it was just so much more. Yeah. So much more. There's so much more to it than that. So much more. And so, you know, maybe this will give us some insight as to, you know, what happened other than like the traumatic brain injury that we're not going to get to today. But other than that, (laughs) like, you know, he was kind of, he was, he was on some bullshit before that, that happened. You know, the whole Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn thing happened before. For that, you yep. know, mm-hmm. so so we're going to talk about it. Um, but yeah, th- again, this is just going to be on his childhood. One day, I want to like, there's going to be so much on Henry VIII, you know, like on his teenage years. Uh huh. Um, well, one day I want to do like everything he did, like all the accomplishments, good or bad, that he Ooh, did. You know, yeah. like I have games in mind. Like I have a whole bunch of stuff. Ooh, but okay, today I love we're just that. gonna skirt over his yeah. childhood. Okay. So yeah, here here we go. Um, so first we're going to set the scene and we're going to talk about Henry VII a little bit because okay. talking about Henry VII and the world that he was, that Henry VIII was born into is like so important. Yeah. Um, so I'm only going to like scratch over what we need to understand, um, Henry, because this is not like a Henry VII episode, you know? Right. Um, 
but yeah, like how we are all raised in the environment that we're raised in and what's going on around us. That really affects who, like, really affects who you are as a Matters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, especially during this time, because there was just this constant threat of someone coming in and claiming mm. the throne, like all of these people thinking they have an equal claim to it. And they kind of all did have an equal yeah. claim to it. Like, it was so dangerous. The war, the war of the roses ended, but like, it. oh my God, like having a country torn apart in civil war, yeah. You know, oh my like, god, yeah. And it's crazy. The War of the Roses was one of those things where like some people that was like all they knew their whole life. They were born during the War of the Roses and then they died while it was going on. Their whole lifetime was just I in the Civil that. War. Yeah, yeah. Like never knew. The Hundred Year War. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. Same thing. So many wars that like are so long that yeah. you just live and die and that's all you know. That is Could all you imagine? fucking know. Also, yeah. isn't the hundred year war like actually 112 years long or something? Mm, something like that. Yeah. It's like actually longer. It's even longer. Which like because history's weird, man. Uh, call it every year. Give every year the credit. Yeah, it's like yeah. the hundred and twelve year and five month <laughs> and two war. week war. Because you know what? <laughs> Those twelve years probably mattered a lot to it a did. lot of people. Hell yeah, it did. If it ended twelve years earlier. That probably would have meant a lot to that's a lot of people. A, that's what I'm saying. And so, yeah, yeah this is, oh, God. Again, this is, like, real-life Game of Thrones. Oh, God. Like, not a game. This is real people, real lives. Like, this is going to shape a person, especially a water sign. Yeah, like he's Henry a cancer. cancer. Mm-hmm. So, let's, first we're going to talk about his parents and siblings. Okay. Just the short version. Because, again, this is not about them. But it's important to know. So, Henry the Seventh. Henry VIII's father. Now, the Henrys are going to get confusing. I'm going to refer to Henry VII as Henry VII. And okay. then Henry VIII will be like Prince Henry. Okay, cool. On. Okay. Yeah. So, Henry VII was born to Margaret Beaufort or Beaufort. And multiple, you know, ways oh, to okay, say it. Yeah. Um, I'll probably say both because I'm the fucking worst. And it's, <laughs> I normally, like, you read things so often, you know, oh that, like, gosh. how do I pronounce it in my head when I read yeah. it? I don't know. Because when I open my mouth, I'm like, <laughs> it's um, I'm pretty sure I did it this last episode. I've done it before where I'm like, how do we pronounce this? Oh, this way. Okay, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. And then the entire episode, I do a different pronunciation. I'm like, well, the fuck, there you go. And Hopefully you get who I'm talking about. <laughs> they do, because our listeners are the fucking best. Yes, and they exactly. always seem to follow. You so. can translate. It's so fine. thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, Henry the Seventh was born to Margaret Beaufort on January 28th, 1457. His father was Edmund Tudor. Edmund? Ooh. Edmund Tudor. I love Edmund. Oh. The first Earl of Richmond. Okay. So um, unfortunately, his father died three months before he was even born from the plague. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so he never got to meet him. Oh, my God. Um, and not only <sighs> did he die three months before his son was born of the plague, but he died in imprisonment. Um, he was imprisoned by the Yorkists in Wales. So he oh. died as a prisoner, oh, never fuck. meeting his son. Yeah, because again... <laughs> more of the rose like this is so yeah. much already also this is the first time my people have come up the welsh oh. <laughs> it's like in this scenario it's like oh, uh, <laughs> oh. you know yeah they well. were imprisoning okay well yeah well, well the, the, the yorkists were imprisoned okay they just happened to be, be in wales if anyone sure. out there all the people super well versed on the war of the roses were like the fucking yorks are from wales i don't know i don't where know. anyone's from okay i don't know i don't know my people's history i don't i'm not good at the war of the roses and someone our graphic designer 
who mm. came up with our logo messaged mm-hmm. us like a list of um of topics she wanted to hear Ooh. and one of them was like the war of the roses and i'm like <sighs> let me tell you that is a big mm. feat but we're gonna do it. i could see us doing it one day mm-hmm. i have a feeling it would be you because this is already kind of in your realm a bit <sighs> and it's gonna be like a 20 parter okay. <laughs> yeah, no. maddie's just gonna be so overwhelmed by all the information that she's gonna be like i'm gonna tell you Everything. Yeah, no, and that's... And it's going to be awesome, and we're going to love every part of it. Oh, yeah, God. I hope that everyone just keeps hanging in there with me for the rest of my life. I love your multi-parters. This episode was supposed to be a two-party. It was always going to be. Yes, it always was. But it was supposed to go up until, like... Henry and like Catherine's wedding and I did not make it out of his child like his formative <laughs> years like I I, you I love know. that we're getting all this backstory though I love that we had Anne's genealogy and then now yeah. we're getting into his childhood like I love that we're gonna have all this I love having so much context so much context we it makes it about, more fun we talk about Ferdinand and Isabella yeah. that's going to be so important when you start getting into Catherine yeah. and Henry's story like yeah it's some good backstory yes exactly so um when Henry the Seventh was fourteen, so the, again, like you know, the world that he lived in, he was fourteen years old. He was exiled after the Lancastrians were beat in a battle of the War of the Roses. Okay. So again, War of the Roses is very complicated, mm-hmm. and so if you're listening to this, you're probably like, okay, so the Lancasters and the Yorks were fighting the War of the Roses. Fine. What was Henry the Seventh? Was he a Lancastrian or a Yorkist? Yeah. And if you're confused about that, the I answer am. is yes, you should be, because he was neither okay. of those things. So his mother, Margaret Beaufort, <laughs> yeah. was a descendant of the Lancastrian branch. Oh, okay. okay. Of the House of Plantagenet. So okay. she's a Plantagenet, but they were a legitimized... But they're kind of in the, the Lancastrian-ish area of family yes so from her he was a descendant from a legitimized branch of the lancaster gotcha yeah so the plantagenets were at least this line of them were legitimized a branch of the lancaster family okay so yeah so that's kind of where he is so if if you like were to ever you know if anyone's ever like no henry the seventh was a yorkist or if i no, he wasn't it was this weird gray area okay which plays in into this really okay if you you know yeah um so he was in exile for 14 years at 14 years old okay okay so yeah a lot of 14s so during these 14 years he was under the protection of the Duke of Brittany. Oh. Uh, yeah. So there he, the Duke of Brittany took him in. He's okay. Like, okay, I'm going to yeah, keep you and good. your mom here for 14 years. And like this war is playing out. It's, Damn. It's a shit Formative fit. years, man. Mm-hmm. So while all of these 14 years are going on, he is in Brittany. So going back to the princes of the tower, remember where a lot of people were like, Henry VII did it. He killed those boys. He was literally not even there. <laughs> he was. He was in Brittany. Not around. Yeah, not yeah. there. But when he did get to England, he defeated Richard III. At the infamous okay. Battle of Bosworth. Okay. On August 22nd, 1485. And at that point, because Richard III crowned himself, he was the king. Yep. By him killing Richard III, he became the king of England and the first Tudor monarch. All right. So at that point, he married Elizabeth of York. So remember, he's a Plantagenet branch of the Lancasters. Right. So by marrying that York, because the War of the Roses oh. was between yep, just, those two families. Yes, for or, simplif- yeah. simplified version. You know, yeah. like Yorkist Lancasters. Yeah. And so 
he was like, okay, I'm going to marry Elizabeth of York, uniting both of these houses. Yeah, can people, like, chill the fuck it's out? fucking yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, like, literally going into this whole thing, like, I'm going to eliminate the threat right now. Yeah. And this should make everyone happy. We're going to have heirs. Everyone wins. Did people chill the fuck out? Uh, kind of. Okay. Kind of. Progress was made. It did. It did make a lot of a lot of the Yorkists happy. They're like, okay, yeah, Elizabeth Good of York, it, let's right? go. Okay. So let's talk about Elizabeth of York. Let's. Oh, the most beloved woman. She was born the oldest child of Edward the Fourth and Elizabeth Woodville. So she oh. is the daughter of King Edward the Fourth. Okay. Listen to the Prince so of the Richard Tower the episode. Do it. You might like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but. Richard III made that speech. Remember, he was going to make this big speech. And and he comes out there and says, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm the king now. And the marriage of Edward IV and Elizabeth Woodville is invalid. And all of their children are illegitimate now. Remember that whole yeah. thing? Yep. So by the time Henry VII gets there... Elizabeth of York, who? You're illegitimate. All of you are. Like, oh according gosh. to Richard III, right? Well, Henry VII is like, okay, so if we're even going to listen to Richard III, because he wasn't the real king anyway, whatever, I'm the king now, and all right, I'm going to go ahead and reverse that entire thing. And even if you don't want to accept that I'm going to reverse, reverse the entire thing, I'm marrying you, and now you're the queen, and you're re-legitimized. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah. we're, we're doing this. This is you just, know? like, English history is just proof that if you do anything with enough confidence, yeah. you can get away with basically anything. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, literally. <laughs> and so now she's the Queen of England. All right. And so, yep, he repealed the whole, you know, the thing, the whole thing, um, illegitimizing them before yeah. he married her. It didn't matter. <laughs> they were illegitimized. They were legitimized, then illegitimized, then yeah. re-legitimized. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah what? Didn't matter. She's the queen of England. Yeah. And and it's legit. It's legit. Mm-hmm. And it was more legit because they have one of those marriages. Like, Yay! they had a good one. Oh, yeah. Good. Um, I don't know. Again, I this isn't Henry VII or Elizabeth Whitfield's episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it started off that way. I don't know that she was stoked to marry him originally. But they ended up like really loving each other, which I love. I that's like that's my trope. It's like okay, we're forced into this marriage, and I gotta learn to love you. But then they do, kind of thing. Yeah, oh, oh. like love it. The marriage of convenience turns into oh. like a true love a thing. True love. Yeah, and everyone loved Elizabeth of York. She was just she was just that woman. Aww. Like everyone, everyone loved her. They would go on to have eight children Damn. together. Arthur. Edward, a second son who unfortunately died young. Aww. Then they had a Margaret. Then they had Henry. Then they had an Elizabeth that unfortunately died young. Then a Mary. Then an Edmund who died young. And a Catherine who died young. Hmm. So we're going to... an old name. Oh, God, right. Edmund. Edmund. Elizabeth. Ugh. Love all these names. All I, love I love Catherine. My Catherine. daughter was almost a Catherine. I love Catherine. She ended up just a different type of classic... British name Charlotte. Love, 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 love. I oh, love God. an old name. Oh, they picked well. They picked well. Mm-hmm. So we again, all of um, the surviving children have their own stories, like Margaret and Mary. Like, oh my gosh, like they yeah. go on to do incredible things. Yeah. So um, we are going to talk a little bit about Arthur. 
just because. Love the name Arthur. Love the name Arthur, though. All right, so we'll we'll talk about Arthur a little bit because we, I mean we have to. It's very important yeah. to Prince yeah. Henry's story. So he was the first and oldest child of Henry the Seventh and Elizabeth of York, and he was born one month premature. Whoa! Fun fact about Arthur. Oh, yeah, scary, scary, very scary. A uh, scary now, scary then. Yeah. Scary. Oh yeah. Um, I've seen sources that said like this. This is one of those hard things to work through, and I couldn't, you know, find one way or the other. So I'm going to mention both of them. Some sources said that he was a little sickly his whole life from this like premature birth you know smaller that like, can a little happen more yeah, yeah especially if you have no medical care right to, like, yeah, yeah they didn't have any way to offset that or anything you yeah know? um but some sources said literally polar opposite he surpassed everyone's wildest dreams and was so strong and able Again, this isn't Arthur's History episode. Man. Yeah, so I didn't dig. I'm sure that mm-hmm. I could have done some digging and been like, nah, no, I think we can all lean this way. I didn't look that much into it yeah. because this was not his. This is just another one of those things where is so, there such thing as historical accuracy? Because everything is just word of mouth. Yep. And word of mouth and people's opinions are subjective. And yep. <laughs> so it's like... Was he sickly? Was he extra strong? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. I will... <laughs> Depends who you ask. I will say, like, just in my opinion, and all mm-hmm. that, like, all of, like, I've read a lot of books back in the 8th and, and know, like, a little bit about Arthur. I, I think that ugh, if he would have been sickly forever, like, yeah. just from, like, childhood onward, I think that they would have put a little more effort into Henry, you know? They would have been like, oh, okay. Arthur is logically going to, it makes sense yeah that, like, like we've got he a, was doing fine right yeah because like if if he if it was looking like he was going to be a sickly person you th- you'd think that they would have like been like just in case yeah. let's make sure that we're raising our second son to also be a king oh yeah yeah no Henry was very much the spare like, yeah in fact it looked like ironically he was going to be trained for um like a church career oh. you know like that second son the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, that is the irony the in that wow irony. yeah <laughs> there's another very big ironic thing in here where it's oh, like shit. Ah, Ooh, yeah. um but yeah like so i feel like if he was sickly forever they would have i don't know it, it yeah. seems but then there's contemporary sources from the first like all of the um people from spain like with Catherine when they first met saying like no he didn't like look well but then Margaret Beaufort and like the Plantagenet like had that thin kind of like hollow look that's just what they look like yeah it wasn't that they were sick that was just just their demeanor yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and for what it's worth Arthur was described by everybody as taller than most okay so I don't know yeah it's one of those things where we won't know but anyways um he did not know Henry much Henry didn't know either you ask Henry was Arthur sick his whole life's gonna be like, I don't fucking know. I never saw the guy. God, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that sucks. Because, That's your brother. That yeah, sucks. No, not Arthur, his fault. But yeah. Arthur was raised as the heir. He was whisked away to Ludlow Castle to learn how to run his household. Fucking kingdom. Yeah. Rule a fucking kingdom. Yikes. He saw his father Henry the Seventh a lot more, you know, than than the rest of the kids did. Yeah. Um. People said that he was quiet they thought that he was a lot more like his father henry the seventh margaret beaufort henry the seventh was one of those like he played it cool like he had like he seemed like he had it under control always and he was one of those like didn't 
didn't speak before he was sure. Like Ooh, he was very. That's you know. a, that's a good king to have. I, like, I think that demeanor with a king in a lot of ways can yeah. be really good. You don't want a, a hot tempered. No. King. For this, I actually um, I reached out to our tutor astrology on Instagram. Friends. I was going to ask what his sign is. Ooh. Um. Well, well is it is it have does it have to be another guess? Because I know that birthdays are hard at this time. No. Right? No. Oh gosh. No. For um. No. For these guys everyone knows oh great sure. okay awesome. well i reached out to her because i was like do you know any good books about the childhood of henry the eighth and oh. she gave me a book that was actually about henry the seventh his dad so i yeah. read all that so i kind of got like in his head a little yeah, bit yeah okay and he was um again when you're a when some people consider you a usurper and you stole the crown and won it in battle like Oh man, yeah, it's very Game of Thrones, Kingslayer. But yeah, he was Henry the Seventh was a lot. He was quiet, methodical, and brutal because he had to be, you know. Yeah, but he he wasn't like a people person. He was he was born January twenty eighth. He's an Aquarius. He was very like I'd rather be off on my own. Like yeah. one of those more quiet okay, people. Yeah. But he was always thinking. And in my opinion, what I read in that book of Henry the Seventh, and given his circumstances and where everything was in history and all that, mm-hmm. I think he was a good king. Brutal, you had to be. You yeah, know, he was brutal, but he's he was a good. He made some questionable decisions. They all do, but like I'm gonna say, like, is there anyone in power who doesn't? No, no, ever, no. literally to this day. Yeah, right? is there? No. <laughs> Yeah, like everyone makes if we're human and we're complex and that sucks, but yeah. like no one is black and white and that is both comforting and disheartening and scary all at the same time. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so he was described as like more, you know, like more quiet and gentle. Um I saw a quote from a contemporary source saying he was a delicate lad. You know, oh, so he okay. was just, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't mind being called a delicate lad. No, and again, he was taller than most, attractive. He had that Tudor red hair. Cute. Um, he was very smart, very scholarly, very able, and his future looked bright. Like, people okay. were like, no, yeah, Arthur, Tudor, he's, all right, he's the heir, we, we've got this. We see you, Bill Weasley. And a little a little gossip, just Ooh. because it's <laughs> fun. Um, it's rumored, we don't know for sure, but it's rumored that they named him Arthur after King Arthur. Like, Fuck. the fairy tale. Yes. Yeah, like, because yes. again, like, there was that legend, <laughs> like, King Arthur and the Round Table is like this yes. legend in England, too. And so mm-hmm. they, um, Henry and Elizabeth, Henry the Seventh mm-hmm. and Elizabeth were like, no, like this is going to be the fairy tale prince. He's going to end all of this war. He's going to unite these houses. Like this is him. He's going to you know? know how heavy of a coconut that a swallow can carry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to know. <laughs> but yeah, every everyone agrees that like Arthur had a very promising future. And like, again, when you think of God, the, the time where we're at right now, like mm-hmm. all of like, the people with claims to the throne and everything. When Henry VII was crowned king, the literal first thing that he did was imprison a 10-year-old, Edward Plantagenet, which, if we remember, his mother is a Plantagenet. 
had to imprison him, the Earl of Warwick, because of his claims to the throne. You just had to, you had to do this. He was a 10 year old, you know, but like, again, you're, I'm, I'm sitting here. It seems really harsh. I know I, I can see your face, but like, no, I, but like, I'm, I'm, I, my face is that way. Cause it's like, God, God, what the sucks. fuck do you do? No, I was literally reading this 300 page book on Henry the seventh. And literally as you're reading it and you're reading about all of these people and we're going to get into it because it's such a big yeah. part of um, this episode today. How big of a fucking problem, like, people rallying armies and coming in to steal the throne was? Like, I'm reading this book, and I'm just like, you're going to have to kill that person. Yeah. You're going to have to just hunt that person down and kill him. Just kill him. And, like, it sounds awful, but it's like, my God, dude. Like, you didn't have another choice. And it's shitty. So you imprison them. It's like, okay, so what's the other option is that you just, like, concede, right? Just be like, okay, I guess you'll be keen. Guess what? They're, they're going to do the same you. thing. Yeah. Or, or they're going to come to power and then they're going to imprison some 10 yeah. year old yeah. because they yeah. have to like, they just, it's uh, a world that we are monarchies. so lucky that we don't understand like a killer be killed thing. Oh like God. this whole thing is killer. Again, be killed. I've always known I would never be no. able to handle being royalty. No. And like in making known. those decisions, like mm-hmm. good God. Yep. So the, his whole reign started off with this, with this fear and this paranoia, you know, and with good fucking reason, you mm-hmm. know, like this was real. And again, we're going to talk about some of the pretenders and the shit they were doing and what a problem this was. And so like the, the he had a good reason to be paranoid. And yeah. again, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. So anyways, now that like, we kind of know, you know, like some some of the people. Yeah. Let's get into into the world here. So again, we're going to talk about Henry the Seventh a little bit. Okay. Um, when he was crowned in 1485, two years after his entire ass coronation, a pretender named Lambert Seminole. Not Lambert. Here Lambert, he comes. Here he comes. Here comes Lammy. Oh God! And again, <laughs> all of these guys are going to get a story one day because Lambert Simnel's story is fucking wild. But we're just going to. I can't get over the name Lambert. Lambert but yeah. yeah, Lambert Simnel. Yeah. I I don't know if I'd be super scared of a guy named Lambert. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, but maybe I should be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. I should be. You he, underestimate a Lambert. So if we, uh, yeah, you, yeah. So <laughs> again, we're going to do a whole episode on him. I know. How how his story ends and we're gonna do it but i'm, I'm gonna like yeah i'm not gonna tell you like where he ends up or anything it's ultimately but yeah oh blah, blah, blah. anyways so oh god so henry the seventh is king he killed richard the third richard the third had those princes in the tower who by the way were elizabeth of york's brothers okay mm-hmm. and so people are out there Claiming that, no, the princes made it out. They're not dead. They made it out. And so right. people are all over the place saying, no, I'm Prince Richard. I'm yeah. Prince, you know. Mm-hmm. And so Simnel's situation had gotten so serious that he was actually crowned the fucking king of England in Ireland oh. as a 10-year-old. Yeah. So, okay. Oh. Henry Seventh. to Got recap. Crossed wires over is here. literally sitting... You know, in England, ruling the country. Two years later, in fucking Ireland, like a whole ass island, you know, over there, they crowned him the king of England. Like all of the support and all of the people that had to be on the same page for that. That's a that's a lot of people. That's not good. No. You know, no. like they had an entire coronation. 
Like, they spent yeah. the money. They invited the people. There were nobles there. Like, mm, this isn't this is embarrassing. okay. Yeah, yeah. this like, is weird. This isn't good for Henry VII either. Again, this is not like modern days where you can like, you know, you kind of have a good picture of what's going on everywhere. No, no. you just get word that like, no, they're calling him the King of England and they crowned him. They had a whole ceremony. This is scary. Yes, this kid is 10, but he yeah. has a whole fucking backing. Yeah, him. yeah. So this kid... His dad was an organ maker, so he came from nothing. Like, he looked a little bit like Edward Plantagenet, right? The the older of yeah. the princes in the tower. So literally someone took him under his wing and was like, I'm going to groom you and raise you to be this pretender and like kind of brainwashed him into it a little bit. And then gets him fucking crowned, takes it that far you know, where oh people are like, yeah, God. you do look like Edward Plantagenet. Are you him? Are you him? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. And they're like, oh, oh my God, God, it's you. And crown him. And this kid's just sitting in the middle of it. I don't fucking what know. The fuck? So one month after his coronation in Ireland, this kid, rebel Yorkist, who were supporting Lambert Simnel, yeah. like who coronated this kid. Um, they're also... Supporting a guy named John De La Pole. Remember the name Pole. It's big in okay. all of Tudor history. Okay. Um, they're they're on the same team here. So they are working together trying to get like Lambert Simnel recognized as the King of England. They're gonna go to England, they're gonna no. take the whole country by storm and it's over. Gosh, like do you ever wonder like God, the energy, like <laughs> the energy, the mental energy these people have, like, yeah. Oh my God, this Is sounds like so exhausting. <laughs> and then they just like go to bed at night, yeah. You know, and then like wake and up and wake like, up and keep like doing do, this. They keep doing this. God, I just like ugh. Could absolutely. So again, like I love the drama, but this is why I can't be a part of the drama no. because, like, this sounds exhausting. No, it's guys. so fucking much. So one month after the coronation, they're getting like all of this shit ready to go to like go storm into England. And yes. spoiler alert, they do get defeated. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Indeed. So ten-year-old Lambert Simmel and this guy John De La Pole. So John De La Pole is the Earl of Lincoln. He served Richard the Third. So mm-hmm. he's already, a, you know. Got some bad blood against Henry VIII. For sure. Yep. Against Henry VII. For sure. Who killed, you know, Richard III. Yeah. But he somehow ended up burying the hatchet with Henry VII after Bosworth, after he won somehow, because, you know, what else can you do but go grovel to the winner? Uh, I guess. But... The second Lambert Seminole came up, he's like, nope, I'm aligning with you to regain power. Fuck you, Henry Seventh. I'm out. And this is what people were doing. People would be like, oh, okay, King Henry Seventh, you won. Yeah, yeah, we're totally loyal to you. But then someone's like, there's a kid in Ireland who looks like one of the princes in the tower. They're like, okay, bye. Like, Never mind. Gonna, yeah, like, yep. nope, bye. And they're like, as loyal as they, as long, which is not loyalty, but no. they're as loyal as long as it takes to find someone else to be loyal to. Oh, Absolutely. That better serves their needs, which again is not loyalty. That's quite the opposite. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so John De La Pole ends up being killed in the Battle of Stokefield, which okay. is where this whole thing comes to a head. Okay. And they have Lambert Simnel now, this little 10 year old boy who got dragged into this oh, whole thing, no, right? Oh, Lammy. I know. No, and I bud. mean, like, 
honey, like they crowned you king in Ireland. Like, oh, and yeah, like, you do this look isn't like looking this guy. good. Ah, like, what are we gonna do? Gosh, John he, did, and he just didn't do dead. a damn thing wrong. He did He's not. Ten. Do, yeah, he didn't do a damn thing oh, wrong. He, he had no clue. He just looked a certain way. He can't help it. Yeah, and so Henry the Seventh sitting here, and he's. In a in a hard position where, you know, when you are a king who won your crown on the battlefield, uh, again, it, I'm, I'm reading this book and it's like, you can't risk people loving you. You have to be feared. Like, that's your only yeah. fucking shot here. Like, Catherine de Medici, be feared. Like, there's, you've <laughs> got to be one of them. And Henry VII was that one. He's like, no, I, I have to be ruthless. I have to. No one's going to take me seriously. However, Lambert Simnel was a 10-year-old, and he's looking at him, and he's like, you were just a pawn in this whole fucking oh, game. Oh, yeah, he did not no. want this. However... I'm Henry VII. I was in exile for 14 years. Yep. I was a prisoner. I know how this goes. I can't just let you walk out of here because there's like thousands of people out there who are going to come swoop you up and come right back and, and do battle this whole again, thing again. And people will die. And, then and yeah. what? Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to let you live. I'm going to employ you. In the palaces. That, see, I would want to, yeah, keep your enemies close. Keep I, w- close. I would want them right there. And he kept keep an eye on Real him. close. He kept Try to like, get him loyal to you. Yeah, he kept him in the kitchen. That's what you should do is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I, I would do. Oh, you got to keep an eye on him because, again, yeah. like. Keep it, him close. I would want them to be, like. No, again. My cupbearer or something. Like, try to get him to like me. Every. So that they never go against me. Exactly. Like, every single thing here is, like, God, it's just all. Again, there's so much at stake. Like, there's yeah. so much at mm-hmm. stake, so much to think about. So he ends up employing him to work in the palace kitchens as a turnspit. What's that? Ugh. They're, yeah, they're the ones standing <laughs> in front of the giant Tudor fireplaces with no clothes right, on because right, it's right. just like oh, a couple okay. hundred degrees right there. And they Literally turning the meat, right? All yeah. day. All day. And just, it probably smells so good, and you're probably not allowed to you're eat not just a to eat damn it. bite. And it's the heat, too. The fucking heat. And I am. They couldn't have made a longer little turny, turny majig where you can stand a little bit further away. Well, God, the. the, the um, I know this from like, because I'm obsessed with Hampton Court. Like, the fireplaces in these kitchens were so fucking huge there was like no escaping and when you're that close to it it's just like hundreds of degrees like they would literally be naked and the turn spits and henry the eighth i'm not sure i would imagine it would be the same in yeah. henry the seventh but i know in henry the eighth's court the turn spit workers had uh, everyone else had rations of ale they could drink except for them they had unlimited ale because it was so hot and so tedious and so grueling and you had to sit there all day that you can have all the fucking ale that you want whatever gets you through because we want our roasted everyone else has a ration you don't kind of thing so it was a rough job but this is not his story Mm -hmm. but if you want to know what ultimately happens to lambert i really do want to know what happens to lammy bobammy let us know everyone i'll do an episode on him because it's he, he has a whole little whole little life afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah. Who, who knows? birdie wordy. Yeah. So that brings us up to the day that Henry is born. Oh. On this day, June 28th, 1491 at Greenwich Palace. Okay. Born into a dark room of mm. Tudor confinement. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll talk about that 
at some other juncture, but those rooms were very, they, the tutors thought that fresh air was like harmful to a baby. And so the birthing chamber, the confinement, they would, the uh, mothers would go in a month before the baby was expected. And there would be carpets all over the floor. Then there would be tapestries all over the ceiling, all over the walls, all over everything. And then there would be one tiny space of like a window where if she needed light, they could let that in, but no air, like nothing because yeah. Oh, they were stuffy and miserable. Yeah. Like while you're trying to like have a baby. My windows are all open and curtains (laughs) and blinds and oh my gosh, every single morning. It's the first thing I do. I get up and I open up everything. Oh, nope. Same. I go downstairs. Mm. I open up all my blinds. And if it's like in the summer, um, because I, I like to have fresh air. I like to have yeah. windows open. In the summer, like in the morning when it's cool, I like oh, open, open, open them while you can. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I can't imagine like the stifling, <laughs> stuffy <laughs> darkness. You just feel you like know? you're breathing in other people's oh, God. air. Oh, God. Like, it's I like hate thick. that. Yeah, no. While you were trying to have a baby, like, what? <sighs> and, and all of the tapestries, they would hang it with. Actually, Margaret Beaufort wrote... Mm-hmm. A book, a literal book on like how queens specifically should like be giving birth and what confinement should look oh like. Oh my gosh. And all this, yeah. And so she goes through the whole thing and women only, no men are allowed to come into the room. People can come up to the door of her chambers yeah. and then like the women come and take everything that she needs and brings it inside. Like no one's coming in here. Interesting. No one's going out. I mean, yeah. I think it's good that no people aren't like coming in and out all the yeah, time yeah. with all their germs. Yeah. But- and it was just only yeah that that's it you go in there whoa yeah yeah it it makes me grateful for i mean first of all epidurals yeah yeah also second of all c-sections because i'd be dead otherwise and so would maddie so So, (laughs) so, yeah aa modern medicine gosh yeah i just i cannot but like oh my god just being in that room sounds like Oh, so I'm not claustrophobic, but there's been a couple things recently where I'm like, oh God, that makes me feel very claustrophobic. Oh gosh. And like, oh, um, in, in the book, she, Margaret Beaufort was saying like the tapestry should have like, you know, not like if you, if you see tapestries from this period of time, it's always like these battle scenes or like these biblical scenes. And Margaret Beaufort's like, no, put like fleur de or something like not too busy, like something like peaceful okay. that's going to, you know, like, so they're, they're But sure. then I've got nothing to look at. You've got nothing to look at. While I'm confined. And you're confined. You can't leave. Yeah, you but can't like leave during birth, yeah, I don't want to look at a battle scene. So that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Fair, a fleur de yeah. is something pleasant something, to scream at. Yeah. yeah. As you push a whole human out of your body. And sure. entire ass human. So uh, just a couple days after he's born, um, little baby, tiny baby Henry is baptized in a brand new church that was connected to the west side of Greenwich Palace. Cool. So he was baptized by one Richard Fox, who was one of his father's friends from back when his dad was in exile. Whoa. So like Richard Fox and Henry VII are like bestie besties. Yeah. Like they are tight, tight. And so he was the one that did it. Um... This tiny baby, when he was baptized, was on this round platform made of fine wood with a glittering canopy of cloth of gold above him. And he's raised up on this thing because, I mean, he's the spare, but he's still a prince, you know? (laughs) 
Um, there was a great silver fountain that was brought in all the way from Canterbury. So this sweet little baby, just days old with his flaming red hair, could be baptized in which they just dunked his whole baby body yeah, under the water. No, 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 three no, different no, times. No, oh my gosh. No, yeah. no, no. Three just different times? Three times. Jesus for the, Christ. For the Father, the Literally. Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah, all of them. And the water was warm you're wondering i did it's like is, is that fine they yeah. did warm it you know okay but they still a little bit shocking they dunked a baby yeah, yeah. With red, red hair and then after this he was wrapped in a mantle of crimson cloth with a long train that was trimmed in ermine Ooh, mm-hmm. that's and cute. then they took the little wet baby and they carried him through the huge loud echoing church that okay. these things you know like back in the day it was filled with all kinds of like incense smoke and people singing very loud very overwhelming and in this just killed me in his tiny little right hand he held days old like couple days old he held a lit candle to, what? to represent his journey coming through this dark cold world because it's like oh, catholic right wow like that, so catholic yeah that sounds like so dangerous yet <laughs> yeah. adorable at the same Tiny, time like you're holding a little oh, candle with that candle. little newborn fist a little newborn fist you don't know what you're holding oh my gosh it's no a, it's a finger is it a candle I don't know. could it burn me yeah i don't know do I know what burning is? Nope. It's lighting my way through this cold, dark world because Catholics, dude. Like, this poor sweet <laughs> baby was born so with sin. Yeah. Yeah. It's my so God. macabre. And then from there, from his baptism, he was whisked away under the care of his wet nurse named Anne Oxenbridge. And, like, she was it. Like, she was the caregiver. Elizabeth okay. York was pretty involved. But, like... She cared for him for at least two years. Okay. And so um, she was a big deal in Mm -hmm. Oxenbridge when you're going to be the wet nurse of a prince of England. Oh, yeah. So Margaret Beaufort is a very involved mother. Um, a very involved mother-in-law too. Oh, I was like, you say people. that like it's a bad thing, but yeah. like I feel like maybe there's something else coming which will tell me that it's yeah. a bad thing. Um, uh, mother-in-law, again, you I, don't want a too involved mother-in-law. I, you don't want a too involved mother. No, I don't know. Again, I haven't read her whole story. Um, she does seem to be one of those, like the rap that she gets in history is like that controlling like mother-in-law, you know? Um, I don't know. Um, she does have moments where I'm like, ooh, that's a red flag. Like she, while her son, Henry VII and Elizabeth of York were married, she would like sign her letters like Margaret Regina and stuff. It's like, you're not the queen. Like he has one. So she would do things like that. That's pretty icky. However, in the book I read on Henry VII, it said that, like, no, there were... Elizabeth of York was so fucking pleasant and just lovely that it doesn't seem like she was ever bothered by it. History is She was just... Yeah, yeah like, she, and history you know, is subjective, so, and yeah. it does kind of seem like Margaret and Elizabeth had a pretty good relationship. They seemed close. Okay. So, so yeah. I don't know. All right. Um... But she, uh, Margaret Beaufort, was absolutely fucking for sure going to make sure that her grandson was taken care of and that his wet nurse was taken care of. So she personally made sure that all of Anne Oxenbridge's food was taste tested and ensured that as she was eating her food, as well as when she was breastfeeding the baby Henry, there was a physician there 
on site to oversee every meal, make sure that the baby's getting enough food to make sure that like she's eating the right things and make sure that she's okay. No one's poisoning her. She's fine. Like this was a very, Oh, this is very intense. It's very intense. Yeah. And, and would sit on this large leather cushion while she nursed this little baby, Henry. And she'd be in this cozy room with these eight huge carpets on the floor. Uh, Carpets on the floor were a big luxury because it's cold back then. And there's eight. There's There's eight eight of them? And she's got this giant leather cushion. And she's just sitting there. Um, So comfy. Yeah. And it wasn't just Anne. She had the help of two what they called rockers. To help out in the royal nursery. And they would assist her in like the motherly duties caring for this baby, right? Mm-hmm. And so she was the wet nurse. And then she had her rockers with her that would, yeah. that would help her out. Cute. Yeah. I, I feel like this would have been like you back in the day. You would yeah. have been like a governess or like a wet nurse. Oh, or like a, yeah. Some motherly yeah. something for sure. Yeah. But um, the baby... Henry had two cradles in his two-room nursery suite. Oh, bougie baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And these two cradles were very, very different from one another. I'm going to tell you about him. So his first cradle was the showy cradle of a state. Oh, right, 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 mm-hmm. right. Of this course. cradle was... The show cradle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this cradle was five feet long and three feet Holy wide. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. And it gently rocked while it was suspended from this U-shaped frame. It just rocked so gently, the little baby. It was covered with crimson cloth of gold. Jesus. And it had... Four silver gilt knobs that were just gorgeously and intricately decorated with the king and queen's heraldic arms. Oh my god. All over it. Just beautiful. Damn. It had two pillows, a mattress, a scarlet bedspread that was edged in ermine fur. And the cradle of estate was the cradle in which this little baby prince would receive his visitors. Oh, of course. You know, all the, the people visitors. coming to look at the baby, they come yeah. and they lean over and they say, oh, he's alive. Isn't he got the like, red hair. Yeah. Look, he's so healthy. Look, look, at, look the at the baby. pink in his cheek. Yep. And then <clears throat> isn't it funny, though? I'm just like, oh, this like elaborate crib. My son sleeps in a crib that has a little tooth marks <clears throat> Nod out of oh the entire God. side of it yep, same. because my marks. daughter or it wasn't even from him, oh, it, was him. Oh. it was from his big sister <laughs> well that's gonna be our <laughs> next lasted baby. all five yeah exactly <laughs> because all the little grindy tooth marks from those little bottom <laughs> teethers that came in they have little like the things you can tie up there now so oh, okay. I, I have well, one I, of those now, oh, but okay. too little, too late. The gnaw marks are still there. Uh, I say, yeah, little baby yep. beavers. Just no, no, no. But no, it's cloth of gold. It's cloth crimson gold. cloth of gold. Uh, for all so of his... On, his U-shaped, on the U-shaped frame. Mm-hmm. So his beautiful. visitors come in to gawk at the baby, but when they come in, they have to bow really low as they approach him. And then before they leave, they have to bow as they back Adorable. out because of the baby. Uh, Adorable. This sweet baby prince. Everyone should bow to a baby because it's just funny and cute. cute. How hilarious. He have no clue. They don't appreciate it. He can see like four inches in front of his face. He can't tattle on you if you don't. Yeah, no. Yeah, but it's still respectful. But it's respect. Yeah. It's about respect for the baby. He'll remember. Yeah. (laughs) He's a cancer. Cancers don't forget. (laughs) They don't. (laughs) So that's just the first cradle, the cradle of a state. Let's talk about the practical sleeping cradle. So this one... Was made of painted and gilded wood, like swoon. 
Like, oh, I think I would like prefer this cradle. Yeah, honestly. Already. Now this Killed one was only three and a half feet long and one foot wide, so it's like a cozy little a little hug. Oh. Yeah, where this like five foot long, three yeah, I was foot like, wide. Jesus, thing. that yeah. is like a full ass like toddler bed. Yeah, We're almost talking twin size at that point. Yeah, no, this one is a little smaller, but it's still decorated with the four silver gilt knobs. Ooh, cute. And this one has two mattresses in case of accidents because newborn, you know? Oh, my God. Good practical. going. What were diapers like at this point? I don't know. Cloth, Ooh. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere, I mean, some there. type of cloth. Yeah. I am going to do an episode on the history of motherhood, and maybe yes. that should just be included in that. Because what, yeah. what was diaper changing what like? What were we doing? You yeah. had no safety pins. It wasn't even like 50. 50s level like just like tiny reasonable diapers like what what were we doing yeah i don't know we're gonna have to look into that that's fun tell us tell us one day i i got you i'm looking forward to it Mm -hmm. now also in this nursery there were two great pewter basins of water to wash all of the linens and his clothes and his swaddling bands because back then instead of a whole blanket they had little bands of cloth usually strips of linen and they would tie the baby like from head to foot just like in strips like individually honestly i could see how that could be helpful yeah just nice and snug and they thought that this helped the baby sleep which like yeah it does yeah it absolutely does swaddling they For also sure. thought that it helped with posture later on in life. If you just sent just probably baby. not, but I could see why I could see why they would think that. For Absolutely. sure, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, if you if you tried to, I don't know, if you're a good enough liar, you could probably convince me of that right here, right now. Oh, you wouldn't even have to be a good liar. You would just be like, oh yeah, you know how like you swaddle babies because yeah. it helps with their posture. I'd be like, yeah, I've, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. That's, that's why I did it. Are you kidding? <laughs> um, because Henry was, you know, little Prince Henry. His swaddle bands would have been made of blue velvet and cloth of gold, of course. Oh, naturally. And yeah, because we cannot just swaddle in linen. We need no. To the baby knows. Now Henry shared his nursery with his then two-year-old older sister. Margaret. And when I say shared, I mean like royal shared, right? So there is this whole wing of the palace that was called a nursery. But both of them would have lived in totally separate accommodations. They would have had totally different staffs, like different wet nurses, different people, but all of those staffs would have been female. Oh, okay. A lot of um, early biographers of Henry VIII often refer to like his female upbringing his female staff his sisters like and a lot of them try to make it a thing you know Mm -hmm. like oh and like his outlook on women or whatever which i'm going to talk about at the very end of this whole thing in part two a little bit okay cool um just what i think about that but you know so she would have had her own wet nurse her own staff like yeah you know her own thing going on um but Elizabeth of York would stay in the same building as her children often. Oh. Like she she was there. They the day-to-day care was performed by paid staff because yeah. they are royalty. And that was very normal. Like yes. for the oh, rank. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Know. But Elizabeth of York was a little she more to be around. Yeah, yeah, like she she went in there and like checked up. Yeah. And uh, so now we get we get some cute gossip. So it's heavily rumored. I say rumored, you know, it's it's pretty much proven. Mm-hmm. But to show like just how hands-on Elizabeth of York was, they've taken like handwriting samples and things like that. And ugh, it's like 
accepted by historians now that Elizabeth of York was the one who taught Henry how to read and write herself when he was about like four years old. Like that should have been a tutor, you know, like that was not something that she should or would have been doing, you know, but she did like their handwriting was super similar and like, yeah. And so like she took the time to like, that is instead of like pushing it off to like a tutor. Oh yeah. Um, they were very, very close, Henry the and his mom. Like it was it was very nice. cute. I um, love that. I know there is like a heartbreaking detail later oh. that just like breaks my mom's oh, heart. But okay. we'll we'll get there later. But she was very involved. Um and in this time, the the Tudor children, the Tudor family, Elizabeth of York, they lived a very like on the go lifestyle royalty back then. Like in the Tudor times, you were not just, like, at a palace. You know, you bopped all over the place. Tudor palaces, you know, there was, like, several of them. Because mm-hmm. you're not, it's not just the royal family. There, You're bringing hundreds of courtiers with you, yeah. right? And so it was very common for after a few months of the royal court being there, you had to reset everything. You had to clean everything. All the goods are depleted. Um, sometimes you're trying to outrun sicknesses, you know? And Jesus. so like if something's like sweeping through London at this type of, or at this time of year, then like you're moving out, you know, if like God. sickness was rampant, they're going to more secluded palaces. Yeah. You're moving always. And then sometimes it's, coinciding with like religious festivals like court life is a lot right i think i would love it i would love being like on the go moving all the i time. think i think there is definitely aspects to that and also like from beautiful house to beautiful house like yeah. i don't know as a kid i feel like the stability would not be great like the lack of stability there is like, right not yeah. awesome of like moving around all the time and like and they would all have like their favorite palaces you know yeah. like henry the eighth is gonna end up loving hampton court yeah know? or like but he always had a soft spot for greenwich that's where elizabeth the first was born because he was so sure she's gonna be a boy and he wanted to born at the palace he was born at greenwich you know oh, like oh yeah so they mm-hmm. they would have their favorites that they would go right, to because yeah. they moved all over the place mm-hmm. always yep um and so henry and his sister margaret are with elizabeth of york in their little households traveling around meanwhile arthur is off in his own household in Ludwig, living this total separate lifestyle, mm-hmm. being the heir. And then they have a little sister Elizabeth born. Okay. And she also gets her own female staff, her own wet nurse, all of that. And so this was kind of the life of little tiny baby Henry VIII. Yeah. With his mom, his dad was often away doing king things or with Arthur. You right. Know. Yeah. He was with his mom and his two sisters and they moved around, bopped around a lot. Gosh, they really didn't even consider for a second that Henry could end up being the heir. Like... Not, I mean, yeah, like you, he was the spare if anything were to happen. But no, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if Arthur was always a sickly person, they, you know, it really seems like they would have put more effort into yeah. Henry and like had him around his father a bit more. Like, it's just shocking to me that they didn't do that, like, period. Like, it is. Just, I thought I mean, that was interesting as well. Because we just know how things went with Catherine de Medici and like how many kids she had mm-hmm. and how poorly that went. Well, like, and she had so many spare, and, like, it just kept not working out. Like, you'd think that, like, all your boys, you'd kind of raise them to be king just 
just in case. But right. this happens throughout history where, like, someone ends up in a spot where they weren't super prepared for it. And it's like, what were you thinking? Right? And, like, a lot of people don't know that about Henry VIII, too. Like, he was never even supposed to be king. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and this just kind of plopped right into his lap there. Exactly. And was he ready for it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He yeah. wasn't prepared the way his brother was. No. It's, again, like, if it's, God, it's crazy to think about. And meanwhile, life is going on after the War of the Roses, and the pretenders aren't stopping. They won't stop. Constant threat. It's never fucking going away. So five months after Henry was born, another one named Perkin Warbeck entered Ireland. So we're going to talk about Perkin Warbeck a little bit. So this guy, where Lambert Simnel claimed to be Edward... This one is claiming to be Little Richard in the tower. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So he lands in Ireland hoping to gain all of this support, being like, hello, I am Prince Richard. Mm -hmm. I'm from the tower. I'm here to get your support. Let's go overthrow Henry Tudor. Fuck him. Let's do it. And it fucking works. People are like, hell yeah, you are. Let's go. Damn, people. So (laughs) it goes as far. Elizabeth of York's aunt. So... Her father's sister, Margaret of York, recognized Perkin Warbeck as Richard. Jesus. Like, she's like, yep, that's him. That's Richard. That's Prince Richard in the tower. And that's one of those things where, like, we'll never know. Maybe she did really think it was him. Maybe she didn't. Was like, fuck it, I don't care. Like, he looks close enough. Maybe she wanted to believe it so badly, you know? She, like, made herself believe it. We will... Maybe she lives for the drama. Maybe she lives for the fucking drama. She just likes to watch it burn. We will literally never know. No. (laughs) But either way, this Perkin Warbeck, who is now recognized by a fucking family member, Mm -hmm. is Prince Richard... He ends up at the court of James IV of Scotland, who not only says, oh, yeah, come in here. Let me shelter you. Let me take you in, Perkin Warbeck. <clears throat> Richard, come in here, man. Yeah, um, not only am I going to, like, give you shelter and, like, give you whatever you need to go overthrow Henry Tudor, you want to really piss him off? Why don't you marry my cousin? Oh, my like, God. Oh, yeah, okay. So he fucking marries the King of Scotland's cousin. That's the thing. No, uh-oh, uh-oh. Again, uh-oh, like, uh-oh. you just read these things. It's like, oh, yeah. Henry the, the, the seventh was king and there were pretenders to the throne and blah, blah. Kings are recognizing these people and are marrying them into their families. This is a big deal. The audacity. Also, these are just like, that's like some dude. That is just some that's dude. Some fucking dude. Yeah. 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 Well, what was the first, the 10 year old pretender? Uh, Lambert Simnel. These guys' names. Yeah. I know. Perkin, Perkin and Lambert. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, the the names of these pretenders the too. Like, and you just want to go for like Richard? Come on, you had a fun name, <laughs> could have had a fun life, and here you are out here around lies, marrying the king of Scotland's fucking cousin, just being a big old fat liar. Yeah, he he marries her, and then he launches this huge fucking mission to invade England yeah, using course. Scotland's border, right? That's it's really... Right there. It's always a shit show. How fun. Is there Where's even, the like, a border of Scotland and England left, or is it just, like, a fucking hole in the earth? 
Like, is it just like some fucking <laughs> war zone that people have run over so many yeah, times no there's nothing left anymore? Like, what a shit fit. Anyways, he's like, yep, I'm married into Scottish royalty. I'm the fucking heir to England. Let's go. So he, God, again, this goes so far. Not only is he married to Scottish royalty and they're starting to launch this huge mission to invade England, he goes to the fucking funeral of the Holy Roman Emperor and is formally announced as King Richard IV of England at the Holy Roman Emperor's fucking funeral. Like, God. yeah, like, yeah, how does it get this far? And you want to know? With no one being like, well, yeah, no, <laughs> maybe. Because shouldn't. people just believe it so well. Like, and Henry Tudor's sitting there like, oh, fuck, like, the Holy Roman Emperor. You want to know who recognized him as um, King Henry the Fourth of England at that at that funeral? Mm-hmm. Maximilian the First. He was the one who said it to everybody. At that time, he was not the Holy Roman Emperor. He was the King of the Romans. Right, right, but right. But he was that like, came later. "Hello, King Richard the Fourth of England." Like Maximilian did that. Like this is not good. Like this is really. F- fucking bad also the more we learn about history the more we don't like maximilian who we really we really wanted to like maximilian and now we both believe he he had a little bitch he kind of had good dad moments i think he had things going for him once in a while yeah but then he was a bad husband to you bianca maria sforza yeah Yeah. and then Uh, to all of them uh, yeah Yeah. all of them really yeah yeah the first one he was okay with and then the rest of them he became a little bitch with like this is like so it's so bad henry the seventh literally married elizabeth of york to try to squash like this just so the war of roses went on for so Long. and like it's yeah, still just going on and now people like a are good try oh god no it's just... i mean it, it helped but yeah. like people are always going to be people and right. they're always battling it out they're battling it out and like this perkin warbeck's over here like he has an army people are fighting over this cause right now people are losing their lives to this this is exhausting it's a huge guys. fucking deal aren't you tired aren't you tired yeah hilly aren't you tired and so <laughs> henry the seventh is over there and he knows all about perkin warbeck right so, you know, Richard, who Perkin Warbeck's pretending to be, was, you know, the fucking little brother to, yeah. yeah, to the heir of England. So he was considered the Duke of York. Little, <laughs> little Richard. Prince okay. Richard, Duke okay. of York. So Henry Seventh is like, okay, he's cold. He's calculated. He's sitting back there. He's like, oh, are you alive, little Richard the Fourth of England, Duke mm-hmm. of York? Mm, that's funny because I'm pretty sure that there's only one Duke of York, and it's my fucking son Henry who's alive right here and right now. Ooh. So I guess I'm confused. And he is going to start making a fucking point of like, you know what? I do have this second son. Let's show him off a little bit. <gasps> okay, we, yeah. There's only mm-hmm. one Duke of York. And I'm going to show you who it's going to be. Okay. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Okay. This first episode Ooh. before we start getting Henry into Henry's starting to come into his own. Titles. He's going to start doing ceremonies. Titles. Start performing oh, shit. little public Shit's duties. happening. Yeah. He's going to meet Catherine. Yeah. He's it's, being 
a royal. He's gonna be a Who's royal gonna be now. Catherine. Oh my god. Yeah, he's he's a royal dude. Royal shit. He's a royal dude. Do oh shit. Shit. And that was that was just a little baby. He's so, such a baby. Yeah, he just so baby in it during all of that. He just teens. being a baby. Yeah. Little infant. <clears throat> There's a um a bust that was made of like this a little boy. I can post a picture of it. And everyone pretty much agrees that it's Henry the Eighth, and it's like this. Oh, it's a little boy, like the the like little look on his face is like so toddler and like kind of playful and mischievous. Like cute. it's very cute, and I I'm just that. like, oh no, that's that's him, that's a baby. Oh my gosh! I... Even as a baby, he <clears throat> had this charisma. You know, like oh, people liked him. That we'll... is so cute. He was just likable. He's just likable. He we'll get into it a little more. Oh, part ooh, two. I'm excited. Ooh, okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Um, I twenty. Oh, this is from True Off My Chest, by the way. Okay. I twenty eight female was twenty four years old at the time and worked in this independent kitchen with no HR department as a cook for several years. Is that allowed? Oh. <laughs> this doesn't sound good. Yeah. There was a brief period of time where a coworker was pulling my hair repeatedly after being asked not to. Say I've worked in restaurants before, and like, oh man, the kitchen, like yeah, the amount of HR things you got to do. Yeah, it should be in HR. Yeah, the the. The line cooks in the kitchens I worked in are pretty. There were no girls; they were yeah. all guys, and I would not. That have is wanted like to be the, girl the stereotypical the thing yeah. is the line cooks like yeah. hit on, and, and usually it can be like very innocent and like just like compliment, but sometimes that's sexual harassment, you yeah. guys, or just like straight up assault. If you're yeah, my hair. Yeah, <laughs> in, in this case, hair. this is assault. Yeah. Um, he didn't even stop when my managers told him to fuck off. Sounds like your managers needed to tell him you're fired. I was going to say, it's also like such a fucking restaurant kitchen thing. Like, hey, fuck off. Yeah. And then also <laughs> like, literal. he doesn't. Yeah. Like, and then they just walk away. Yeah. Oh, God. There it is. So I got permission from my Sue to take, like Sue Chef, yeah. to take things into my own hands. I braided my hair for work one day and wove thumbtacks into it. <gasps> Bitch. Yes. I was met with a yelp when he tried to pull my hair again. And he never did it again. This has just been on my mind lately because it was a pivotal moment for me in the way that I allowed people to treat me. I love how the sous chef was like, listen, we're going to have to hurt him. (laughs) You know what will stop him? Pain. Yeah. The F word didn't do it. But you know what will? Pain. Blood. Yeah. His own fucking blood. Fuck him up. I love that. Yeah. Comments are just, I'm here for this. He deserved it. Yeah. Well, that's a bad. That's a badass way to solve that problem. Yeah, that's Good a bad job. Bitch move. Yep. Yeah. Go see some. Um, someone said, "I had a guy that liked to jump out of the darkness and scare people. I told him not to do that to me ever. He did it to me one day, and I punched him as hard as I could in his neck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a massage therapist, so I'm not dainty or weak. Massage. Th- I think about that every time I get a massage. I'm like, how strong are you? you? Do this. Oh yeah. my gosh, oh, like. Wow. Oh, my fingies would hurt so bad. Oh, I know. I tried so to give my, like, poor mechanic husband, like, a massage. Yeah. And it's, like, 10 seconds. And I'm, like, popping my knuckles. Yes, <laughs> like, you know what? I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah, I'm sorry. Call want, it. Call it. You want a blowjob? Yeah. <laughs> I can manage that better yeah. than this. My fingies. 
Um, a memo was sent to the rest of the crew the next day not to scare other employees because it could lead to physical confrontation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, if you get scared, like, who knows what your reflex is going to be. That's a risk that you are signing up for if you are choosing to pop out and scare people. Like, yep. someone is, could punch you right in the face. Yeah, Kick yeah. you right in the nuts. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to hurt I'm, my hand. I'm no. going to drill you uh, yeah. with my bony-ass ankle. Right oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, oh, my knee will be fine. If I just Ooh, knee yeah, knees even better. Like knees. hand on the shoulder and just like <sighs> up there. Yeah. yeah, like a crossbody. Like pow. yeah, pow. yeah, mm, that'll get him. Okay, I was trying to like quick read this comment and I was not understanding. So let me, if I read it out loud, we'll see if it makes more sense. <laughs> and if not, we'll cut it out. Great. <laughs> or we'll just be confused on air. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was straight up. Oh, picked. Okay. I was straight up picked up. By my ass. I'm okay. small. Okay. By a cook. This is a comment, by the way. After I denied his advances and he tried to shove his tongue down my throat. But only ended up licking my face. Restaurants. <laughs> anyway, I filed a report with HR. They tried to say that I didn't want to work there anymore because of that. I had to correct them and state I was happy to continue working as a waitress as long as I wasn't on shift with him. Since that apparently isn't enough to fucking fire someone, I legit had to use my husband's legal counsel that his restaurant offers him as a manager to get anything handled. Yeah, that's something you always got to remember about HR is they are there to protect the company, not (laughs) you. Not you. And again, restaurants are wild, dude. Like the next time you're eating at a restaurant, just like take don't don't think about it too hard for sure. But like take maybe <laughs> like four seconds and just like look around and like just try to pick up on the fucking drama going oh. on behind the scenes. Like there is nowhere like more just yeah. I'm trying to think of a word other than drama. Like in just. A, Dude, it's I just a know. volatile situation it is. all around. It's just like a to work cesspool there. of yeah. like chaos and oh, just everything in a yeah. fucking restaurant. Everyone's fucking everybody. Every, like it's all just like a whole. Oh mess. my god! Can I? Yesterday, mm-hmm. um, for yesterday was Father's Day. This is when we're recording this, just so you guys know. Oh, there you go. Um, yesterday was Father's Day, so we took my kids' father out to dinner at Big Al's, and. There was no one there, which I thought was weird. Big Al seems like a very father place. Ah, I don't know. Like, it's like a sports bar there. And so, anyways, we had gift cards. (laughs) So we (laughs) went there, and they had a bunch of employees there, like, waiting, ready to go. But there was no one there. But they were all just, like, standing in a circle talking. And I'm like, tell me. Tell me the tea. I want to know. Every time our waitress came over, I was like, I'm so sorry for pulling you away from the tea. From whatever that little meeting over there is. And then I heard... One of the waiters asked for his co-worker's number as we were leaving. I was like, ooh. Because he's going to fuck her or him. Yep, because probably. it's a restaurant and everyone's fucking everybody. Uh, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's, it. It's I a, absolutely It's a hot it. mess. Have you ever worked in a restaurant? At us. Tell your experience. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> Are yes. you okay? <laughs> I want the tea. <laughs> Do you still work in a restaurant? Tell us all the drama. Can we put on an episode of A Fresh Cup? Yeah, like, my God, please. Like, tell yeah. me what's going on in that uh, restaurant, please. I'm going to read one more comment because, like, the last sentence makes it sound like it's interesting so here we go i did something very similar in high school a bully was punching my upper arm ow every single day so i had a bruise for 10 month stretches 
while high school was in session, I finally got sick of it and put a sheet of rusty thumbtacks nice. under my sleeve and duct taped it to my arm He's points straight. out. He got tetanus, baby. He, like, waited until they rusted. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that they, looks gross. This Here dude's go. got tetanus. Yeah, good. Now. Enjoy your fucking tetanus. Yeah. He punched my arm one last time, and when he looked at his fist and found a grid of puncture wounds, he just had a confused look on his face. If you're reading this, Ben, fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself with your tetanus hand. Yeah. I had, <laughs> I had a kid in, when I was in, like, third, no, fourth? I don't know, grade. And on the way to the bus stop at the end of school every day, he'd kick me, like, in the leg. What the fuck? Yeah, and I would, I went home and told my mom, my Capricorn mother. Mm. And she's like, well, like, tell him to stop. And I was like, okay. And so I did. And then he just, like, kicked me twice. And I went home and it's like, he just, like, keeps kicking me. His name is Mikey. That's another one. Hi, Mikey. Are you Mikey. listening to this? There's no way. And even if you are, hey, there's... Mikey, go fuck yourself. Absolutely zero way in holy hell that you even know who I am anymore. But if you are listening to this, I, I don't know. I just... Maybe. Do you remember me kicking <laughs> do you, you as hard as I fucking could? Because my mom was <gasps> is like... Is that what you did? Here's you did it back? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, if he's Steel not going to stop... Babe. Yeah, I was like, should I, like, tell the teacher? She's like, no, you're not going to tell the teacher. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, if you kick me one more time, I'm going to kick you back. And he's going to kick you. And when you do, you are going to muster up every bad feeling yeah. you've ever felt. And you're <laughs> going to Christ. kick him as hard as you can. Uh-huh. And I was just like, hey, the same place he kicks me, she's like, wherever. Wherever, wherever you have a good shot. Just, yeah, wherever you know that you can hit him. him and hit him good, yeah. you kick him. And I did. Because this has to be the kick that ends the kicks. Oh, yeah. It has she- to be. Be the kick of all kicks. She told me to do. I played like soccer. I played like bumblebee five year old soccer yeah, up yeah. until when I was like fourteen. And she was like, "No, you're gonna corner kick him. Like, uh, take a step and oh, run and shit. plant your fucking yeah. foot and kick him." And I did. And that little bitch cried. And he never God. even talked to me again. That so. is extremely satisfying. So there you go, Mikey. I just had my <laughs> parents threaten people for me. So. Oh, That's how I got rid of the bullies. You know, whatever. I had my six works. foot two father say, "Don't ever talk to my daughter again." <laughs> and that fifth grader ass just was like, "Nope, I'm not going okay. to anymore." Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I don't even know who your daughter is, sir. Yeah. Never seen her before in my life. We'll never see her again. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> You're welcome. Yep. <laughs> All right, and that's it for a fresh cut. Okay. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Sounds good.